For the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast is fueled by the Manshake. I lost 30 kilos in 10 months using this meal replacement shake. If you want to support the show and Max and my weight loss journey, or to even start your own, click the link in the description below. The Manshake. Real blokes, real results. For the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast over 40 years of playing PlayStation and eight plus years in this game's media goodbye. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8am on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify at 9am on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, come and check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as the conversation happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and you can be part of the show and see behind the kimono, apparently. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are listening to us on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you are on the YouTube show, like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopcultures, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. Now, this is take two, Max. Yeah, I've got this weird, weird sensation. It's almost like we're in some sort of loop, which is something we're talking about later. For those that that didn't join us on Twitch when we record the show live every Saturday, 4 p.m., Max and I were chatting. Max's kid fucking straight up almost died, apparently. So Max wanders off for a minute. I look down. My PlayStation goes from on to off, but not into standby, as in just straight fucking shut down. And I'm like, oh, no. So the second I see that, my brain connects the time that I had a broken PlayStation. I got super paranoid for a second, and that became my that became my focus for a minute. And uh, shit. So like, we were, had this lovely discussion about how Max and I, for the first time in like ten weeks, finally got together in person. We saw each other. We had some chicken and waffles, and it was awesome. And then we're all sleepy. That was that's everything you've missed. You that was it. You didn't really miss a lot. Anyway. <clears throat> That was it. That was the whole conversation. No. Yeah, and the people in the chat's been very confused by why I suddenly just went focused on my on my PS5 not working. Like, you know, do you use it in the show? I'm like, no, I don't use it in the show, but I use it for the show. So if it shits itself, I'm a little fucked, aren't I? And like, I've already, you know, I've already been out a PlayStation 5 right now. So I don't want that to happen again. And that's true. As as Paul Paul James in the chat says, everyone in the chat is here to protect the loop. You you, you did protect the loop. You allowed it to happen. But the, but the convenience is that to break the loop, they're all in one spot, so we can just get rid of them all at once. Very easy. Damn. Damn. That's a good point. But also <laughs> in the, all all, in the chat, yeah. they're all there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Max, how have you been this week? Yeah, no fun. I'm going to have to do this whole, like, the whole thing again, aren't yep. I? Yeah, it's been a pretty good week. Yeah. Works fine. Home life is great. Deja vu. All that fun stuff. No, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Okay, I'm in a similar space. As I said, the week's been the week. Here is a repeat. The show's not scripted in any means, but we have beats that we hit. So as I was saying, in the first time we did this, uh, my week has been intense, mostly because 
shitty p- p- past Ryan was like, you don't have to worry about your school assignments. You can do them later. So I just ignored them. And then fucking push comes to shove, due date rocks up, and Ryan goes, oh no. And that's what I've been doing this week. I've been catching up on assignments that were due fucking Wednesday. It's now Saturday. And I've done almost all of them. There's two big ones. There's a reason the due date was so far out because there were two fucking huge projects in it. I'm like, oh, oh, I regret all of this. What happens now that they're late? See, this is is the other thing, right? Because my teacher understands because sorry for those that don't know it's a it's a cert for in mental health is what i'm doing right i already work in mental health it was just to supplement my my job right my teacher goes hey can you just get in by the end of the week i'm like you shouldn't have fucking done that because that time it's good current ryan's like it's saturday it's still not done (laughs) yeah you don't say get it in by the end of the week because i'm like is that friday or sunday because i'm gonna make it sunday all right i'm gonna make it sunday like that like that's pretty much a, uh, i want to point out sunday's the start of the week so technically end of week would be saturday cool then i better get those things done by the end of the day eh? yeah probably yeah i mean even if they're due tomorrow you should probably get them done today anyway yeah i probably should get them done today i really shouldn't have gone out <laughs> gallivanting in the afternoon in the afternoon and getting like you know chicken and waffles and playing hugging Deathloop. strangers and hugging strangers and, and um you know playing death loop i probably shouldn't have done those things but i did you know it was a, it was a bold strategy, Cotton. But what are you gonna do? That was, that was. So for that, like, it, it, that brings into the next thing. Is like, with my focus on holy shit, I need to get these things done. I actually haven't played a lot of games this week. There were some things I have played, and we'll get into. So Deathloop is probably the big one because the name of the sh- name of the episode, and we have been playing it. But so one game that I have been playing this week, I've been playing it with my son, is the Paw Patrol movie uh save advent nope adventure city calls or something that's what it's called yeah so thanks to uh the team over at bandai namco australia they provided a code for myself and my son uh to play through uh pool patrol the latest pool patrol game he had no idea right which was the best part about it so i just kind of snuckily sneakily installed on the console and he booted up to watch youtube or something and he's like is what's that what do you think it is bud is that new Paw Patrol? Like, it is new Paw Patrol. And he boots it up, and it's like the movie logo. It's like, it's like the movie. I'm like, it is like the movie. So there you go. But yeah, so it's very no. similar. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. So it's very similar to the previous Paw Patrol games, which we have also talked about on this show, which is Paw Patrol on a roll. And uh, the other one, Paw Patrol something, something, the second one. So previously, I've discussed how the first Paw Patrol is, is essentially a 2D platformer, uh, and then the second one becomes a 3D open world platformer, uh, very very akin to like Banjo Kazooie, or, or as an example, like that sort of setup. Where this one, it's weird. I feel like that they were there was a much harder time restriction on this because the levels are repetitive in the way of there is a section of walking and you follow a path it's in a city right so there's no free flowing air it's all done by city blocks or like a park maybe then there's a vehicle section then there's another walking section end of level and like that's on repeat right so it's it's walk around pick up the dog the pop treats uh you find a small path that's blocked so you have to use one of the 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 paw patrol pops abilities to break through it you move through there 
get on a vehicle, you speed down a highway, picking up as many pup treats as you can, get to the end, do another section, pup ability, end of the level. So, like, it's a bit disappointing because, especially compared to this, the second one, um, which is which is Paw Patrol, I forget the fuck it was, but that one, like, it really, it, there was cl- a clear progression in the studio's ability because, like, the first one was very rough. Like, there was no shadow textures. There were the, the the dogs didn't blink. Like, they were just very simple and bland design. But here, this being the, essentially the third game that this team has worked on the the renders of the pups and the main characters are actually really really good even something as simple as lip syncing is better uh there is once again no voice actors from the show so the dogs just bark but nothing happens uh like no audios just a, a dog mouthing and then axes or fucking shit comes out of their back their their pup pack um which for a kid doesn't matter he's not thinking he's not noticing too much about it he's just like ah cool it's more paw patrol but these are some of the things that I'm noticing, right? Like that, rep- the repetition. And additionally, like the environments themselves are very plain, or as the chat says, very rough. <laughs> they are very rough. Like in one of- it- <clears throat> Sorry, just before you keep going, was this was this released because of a new movie coming out? Like, did it did it release in like? yeah it was meant to release in unison with the movie so the movie did release a little bit earlier here in australia released in uh back end of august where this came out uh about a week ago so about two weeks into september so originally they were supposed to like come at a a a synergistic time Mm -hmm. um however it appears that they kind of what if whatever reason separated a little bit um, so yeah. it is based on the film. So it's take place in Adventure City, which is a new location from the film. This includes the new character, the new dog. It's a little adoption, a little wiener dog called Liberty. Uh, so they're involved in, in the story. Um, but that also means that like Everest and Tracker were not involved. Tracker never gets the love in Paw Patrol. Just saying. He he's just really gets mistreated in that show. Um, so like, yeah. And I do think that pressure of getting that done now, granted, cause they have released one every two years and they did release one last year. So there's a much smaller development time. And I think that comes through because what we're seeing is we're seeing higher quality versions of the base assets, which in this case is the pups and the main characters. You can clearly see they have been worked on or at least look better compared to the relatively rushed backgrounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the pressure of getting it done to t- time with the movie has come through here. Um, so it does have, has fallen into that bit of a trap around licensed um, releases, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but I look, I know, I know my son's got. Uh, there's another game that he's of interest of interest in, which is PJ Masks, which comes out in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how that goes. I think it's a different studio. Like that's the first. Uh, PJ Masks game so I imagine it's going to be pretty rough but he may not give a shit so for the right audience it hits all the beats because it's more Paw Patrol but like my son was able to front to back in one session the previous Paw Patrol oh Mighty Pups it was about Mighty Pups he was able to complete Mighty Pups in one run like he and I platinumed that thing and I didn't really do a whole lot I kind of just picked up the last couple of collectibles that he that he kind of missed as he was wandering around like he did almost all of it himself and I think that was to be the same thing that happens here. Like it's easy enough that you can a kid, you know, a four-year-old can just wipe the floor with it and come out on the other end. But yeah, so that's what I've been playing. I played that a little bit with, with him. Uh, before we talk about Deathloop, though, what have you been playing outside of that? 
Uh, I've been playing more Tales of Arise. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I was provided uh, with a copy from the team over at Bandai Namco Australia. So I am now about 10 to 12 hours in. I'm into the second area. So I've done a few... Um, I'm a little bit through the story now. Done a few awesome uh, boss sequences, which were absolutely fantastic. Uh, the, the story kind of did a... a, 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 a Something happened in the story that I did not see coming whatsoever, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I've found lately is uh, a lot of the a lot of the games that I've been playing have been super predictable in, in what their story is, and I kind of assumed that this was going to be the same thing. Most JRPGs do tend to fall into the same <clears throat> tropes, uh, and this kind of threw me <laughs> threw me for a loop. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. I don't want to mention what it is because it, it's fairly spoiler heavy and it is still very early in the game um i'm <laughs> i'm still getting a handle on the combat so last time i spoke about this last week i only had two uh two members in my party i now have four um i find myself despite the fact that you can change between characters so in battles you only control one player at a time mm-hmm. but there are buttons to use the other characters abilities as essentially quick actions uh that will change the flow of combat you can change to another con- uh, you can change your control to another character entirely and use that player as your main um main player in combat but i find that i'm just playing as the main protagonist in the story i don't find the other players move sets to be as fun so mm. to speak why is that what's, what's the difference <clears throat> so the, the main character being iron mask he's a sword fighter so all these abilities are um are based on you know <laughs> as so Paul on the Paul chat, who's also who's also reviewed the game uh, for Player Two, I believe. Uh, play, yeah. So I think he's reviewing it. I'd always been playing yeah. it anyway. Uh, for Player2.net.au, friends of the show, uh, he say, they they say don't bother changing. I just find that his combos, that the com the flow of combo for that character just plays out so much better than the others. I find the other characters to be. Uh, they feel like they are secondary characters, and that's mm-hmm. purely because he's he's promoted as that main protagonist so he just feels like he's stronger and more useful for, than the rest of them and although they those characters do have their usefulness in in their um in their quick actions like uh, one of the recently uh, one of the recent characters i unlocked uh he's essentially like a strong melee fighter and his ability is he weakens anyone with armor so you come in you use his ability their armor drops and then you can actually deal damage to them with your main your main controlled character Another one has the ability to, to steal magical abilities from other from the enemy. So if the enemy is casting a spell, you can use her quick ability and she'll take that spell, like denying them the cast, and then she will cast it herself. So there's there's really cool interactions for those players, but I find that when you're controlling them, you don't they, they just don't feel useful outside of those roles. Which is a shame because which text checks out because when I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, I found myself really just gravitating towards Cloud. Yeah, you tend to only ever use the side characters if they have a specific purpose. So, like, yeah. you you bring out Final Fantasy VII, it's like, oh, I can't get to that person with Cloud. I only have a sword. I'm going to swap to the guy with the gun and shoot them at long range. And then yeah. as soon as that dealt with, You're going back, back to the main. Yeah. So 
you know, it's fine. I'm really digging that game. Obviously, it, um, I'll be talking about it for the next couple of weeks. It is it is very long. It is very deep. And I'm still, despite the fact that I played 10 to 12 hours, I feel like I am very, very early in the game still. Uh, the story is progressing at a nice pace. It doesn't seem to be... <clears throat> uh, doesn't I haven't found it to have any pacing issues at the moment. Uh, the story is interesting enough that it's pushing me forwards. I have now... I think I spoke last week that I spent a lot of time kind of fluffing about and uh, doing a lot of the side quests. I am more focused at um, golden pathing it at the moment. I'm finding the story compelling enough that it is just pulling me through and I want to continue uh, continue learning more about what the, how this story is unfolding. Um, I talked about last week how each characters have... Uh, their mini interactions, which the game refers to as skits. Mm-hmm. Um, as you progress a little bit further, you can also now, uh, I now get the opportunity at campsites to have one-on-one interactions with other members with other members of my party. And that deepens the relationship between those two characters. Uh, so you get these nice little private interactions between the characters. You can get a little bit more backstory of the character that fleshes them out a little bit more, which I find, um, which I find nice. A lot of, a lot of games are doing that more now, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always nice to explore those secondary character roles. They're, you know, they're there for almost the entirety of the game. You know, make it worthwhile. Give them, give them a story. Give them a reason to be there. Give me a reason to connect with those characters if I'm spending twenty plus hours with them. Don't, you know, don't be these faceless named characters type thing, which is good. Um, and other than that, the only other game I've been playing this week is Deathloop. Yeah, so Deathloop, the big PlayStation 5 exclusive for the back end of 2021, is out. Uh, we were very lucky to receive a review code uh, from Bethesda Australia and their PR team, Double uh, Double Jump, uh, here. And uh, yeah, so that came on the day of... No, day before. Day of. Not night before night before night before before, i think so it came out like pretty much right on the buzzer so uh, we weren't able to have a lot of time with it prior to release which is fine by us we're just we're just happy to be happy happy to be invited uh so mac give us a rundown of what deathloop is and then we'll chuck that with me how we've been doing uh so i've been playing deathloop for the better part of a couple of hours now so uh essentially as the name implies deathloop uh it is a semi-roguelike game where you're trying to escape the loop of the island. Um, it tells its story in a very interesting way. Uh, like the, the story unfolds in a very interesting way for this game. So the gameplay is separated into different sections of the day. So you have morning, uh, afternoon, evening, and end of day, I think. I think there's four mm-hmm. time frames. Uh, and you can go to... There's, there's four areas on the island that you're stuck on. Uh, and each of these four levels are essentially self-contained uh, small levels. So you pick, uh, as you as you progress through the day, you pick where you want to go and you spend that time frame there. So if you want to spend the morning at, at area A, you spend the area more at, you spend the morning at area A and then it'll be like, hey, you've done everything you can do here. Let's exit. We're going to go back. The day will progress forwards and then you get to pick again from those four exact same levels. As the day progresses, however everything in the map changes. So although you're playing in the same essential play area, the way the enemies interact, completely different. Some areas will be completely blocked at certain uh, certain hours of the day. You'll find that some areas are only open in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening. 
which changes up the locations enough that it keeps them interesting, but it's not so much that you have to relearn exactly where everything is in the level, which when it comes to this game being essentially a roguelike, it's important that you do get those, you can hit those beats of, hey, I know kind of roughly where I'm going, and it makes the second loop a little bit easier and a little bit quicker. You're not getting so held up on the uh, on the when and where of it, of where you're going. I'll give an example of one of the first, uh, very early in the game, you're essentially trying to find a code to open a safe. And you find the code in the morning and you go there in the afternoon, but you find that the safe's already emptied. And you find in the safe that there's a note that's like, hey, I emptied this this morning. So you're like, oh, okay. It's still there in the morning. If I go to this level in the morning, that safe's going to be full. I'm going to be able to get the things that I need from that safe before the other player steals it. And it's a really cool interaction of how just how how the, as the game progresses and as the day progresses everything in it changes i do i really like that idea and how it's delivered because going into this uh I, there seems to be such an abundance of rogue likes right now yeah. uh you know or, you know rogue lights or whatever like it seems to be a real common thread especially within uh playstation apparently with like death loop and returnal and like now hades is being a big big one on the space not exclusive but of course it's there um so there's a lot of love for that genre and it's a genre that i am not always super into right because mm. for a lot of the time i don't feel like i progress and that's by des- and that is by design where, where I feel Hades is fixing that, and I feel where this is fixing it as well, because when we were like, during all the eleven teen trailers that we got, like we knew that there were like eight individuals that we had to take out, and these are the big bads. The idea is you have to do them all in one run, where possible is sort of the pitch. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shit, eight people, eight levels. How do you even do that? How do you successfully, you know, take out eight people in one run over eight levels? Like right now, I'm playing Hades and I can't do three. You know, mm. I do Returnal. I couldn't, I could barely do any of them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, so I was instantly like at that, like, oh fuck, this can't be a good thing. But I do appreciate that here because having it be one island, four locations. Yes, those locations alter depending on the day. So there is some adaptability that you need to get to however it's so contained in a nice way that i don't feel that i'm being shafted right because unlike hades unlike returnal where the environment changes every time like there are there's a lot of rng where here there is these are the locations the framework is the same some minor things will alter but majority of it is replicable so if you shoot, go, all right, well, I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go through this door. And da, 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 da. Like some day, some time of the day, that path may not be achievable, but you can, you can accommodate for it. You know what I mean? Because there are still those, some of those rules after X amount of like, you know, in the morning, this will always happen in the afternoon. This will always happen and so on and so on. And that's what, that's from my experience so far. Anyway, I may be wrong, um, but that's how, that's what I'm, that's what I'm picking up that I think that it's putting yeah. down. That's, that's essentially what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really cool. Uh, so I've had a couple of crashes in the game and they've been really bizarre. So when you open up your menu, you can track all the different objectives. So you have um, visionaries, which are, the, which are the, the big bad guys, essentially. And you can track their movements throughout the island. So you can be like, okay, they're going to be here in the morning. They're going to be here in the afternoon. This is where they do their research. This is when they do their work. This is how they 
move about the island and essentially the the from what i can tell the end game seems to be let's get as many of them in one place as possible so we can get rid of them all at once yeah and that's cool so as i was checking uh you essentially have this big board with all the strings attached to it of where they're moving how they're moving for some reason i don't know why this has happened it's happened to me twice um in in the in the space of a couple of hours of gameplay where as I'm backing out of my menu, the menu doesn't close, but everything disappears off my screen. I get to keep my cursor. I get to see the background of the game, but all the information on the screen disappears. So the game doesn't technically crash. It just won't come out of that state of you're stuck in this menu forever, which is really sucky in a roguelike because mm. I lost a fair bit of progress. So how the roguelike system in this game works is... Um, as you play through, the first day is essentially a tutorial day where it teaches you the mechanics of the game, which is awesome. And then you learn that you can save things for your next run. And the way you save things for your next run is you <clears throat> you basically infuse them with this energy that's collected throughout the game. Uh, think of it as like our souls in a Soulsborne game. And it works the same way in this game. If you die, you lose all your currency. But because of the way that this game works with the uh, the respawn mechanics, I can't think of the exact term. Uh, reprise? Reprise. You can go back to where you died and you can collect the you can collect the currency back again, which is awesome. And then once you complete one of the <clears throat> one of the uh, time frame loops, you go back to your menu and you can change your loadout. During your loadout, you can spend that currency to infuse an item, which allows you to keep it through the loops. So you can use this on weapons, weapon trinkets, slabs. Slabs are the special abilities that you get from the visionaries uh, and minor personal charms. So they're like, uh, you can double jump. You can hack things at a greater distance. Yeah, you take less damage. Healthy, take less damage. You can regain health, all that fun stuff. And basically standard what buffs and debuffs, yeah. Yeah, standard buffs and debuffs. Um, yeah, so what happened was uh, I, I I did a loop. I managed to take out two visionaries at once. I got two powers, and then my game froze, and I lost everything. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of disheartening. And then I redid that level straight away and got it all back. I, so I only I ended up only ended up losing about forty minutes of gameplay time. It wasn't horrible. It was very easy to get back. Uh, but the way it worked, it was interesting. So the second visionary in my level, this game also has a similar. Um, multiplayer component similar to that of Dark Souls where you invade another player's game and you play as a visionary. So I actually killed an invader and that invader had a random power so I, I got to keep that power as well. So that was really cool. Uh, the powers are very fun and interesting. Uh, I've gravitated towards... I have four of them at the moment so each visionary has their own. But I have half of them. I, gr I only ever use two. There's one that's basically a mind link. So you, you throw it out and it links the minds of all the enemies in the area. And anything that happens to one happens to all. So if there's five enemies in the group, you shoot one of them, they all die. Nice. Really great for cl clearing out things, uh, clearing out big groups of enemies. The other one I find that I'm using a lot is one that appeared in a lot of the trailers is the shift, the, the, the short teleport jump, essentially, is what it is. If you kill the visionaries over and over again, you get upgrades for those slabs. So those those powers have uh, extra perks. So now my teleporting one allows me to, if I activate it in midair, I hover in midair so I can select where I want to go without 
dropping before I nice. get the teleport off, which is really helpful because in this game there are um, in certain levels you can't swim, mm. and there's holes that will just kill you. Uh, so having having that safety of I'm I know I'm going to float if I activate this uh, is is a li- is a lifesaver on many different levels. But each of the visionaries feel. Uh, different they they will uh attack and defend themselves in very unique ways uh and i'm just i'm i'm having a blast with how this game is just unfolding the fact that it is just four self-contained levels and i just get to explore them over and over and over again to to learn different bits of information about all these visionaries to try and essentially get them all into one location it's absolutely fantastic Interesting. Yeah, because like, so I look, I'm very early days. I'm noticeably yeah. less earlier than the, the earlier than. Sorry, I'm noticeably early in the game than yourself. Mm. So, I'm having a, like a different run with it. Like, there are some things like, for, so for me, with this being an arcane or arcane Leon in this in this mm. case, an arcane game, there is a lot of uh, prey influence. There is a lot of dishonored. Uh, dishonored influence. Like like that. What they work on is is the backbone it's the dna of what is working here in death oh yeah and i'm actually enjoying this better than say dishonored for a number of reasons one it's got like the the gun aesthetic of uh uh of prey which i loved i really quite enjoyed prey never finished it but it was just kind of got to a point where i'm like yeah it's enough of that um but with dishonored i felt the the, one of the biggest problems that, that, that the game had um was that it almost punished you for going stealthy. It, it, I like all there's all these powers and everything. The game is kind of telling you to be stealthy, but if you did, it just made the game in, almost infinitely harder, right? Because like it was, I, I found it more punishing to go stealthy. Where something as simple in this game is when you shoot someone, they just fucking disappear. It makes life a little bit easier, so you don't, you're not worried mm. then have about how to eat your body somewhere. So like if you take someone out and they're in a pathway, someone can walk down that pathway then behind them and then you're not instantly alerted. Because previously yeah. I felt that, you know, I could have been hiding really well, but if someone saw something, they're like, he's over there. And they would just go straight for me. Like that almost yeah. instantaneous break of stealth. And so like there was all these string of powers that, you, that I felt could, I could never, in the way, that I, the way that I play, I'm probably just a bad player, that I would never utilize because of their their stealth focus and the game I felt was pushing me towards more action. Where here, like I've been able to avoid avoid entire encounters um, and then sort of stay at a distance, sort of play uh, like a puppet mm-hmm. string sort of part on it and make things go where I want them to go. But yeah, and I, 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 I like that so much more. Now, once again, I, I'm very early days. So this this is this will be an ongoing review discussion over the coming weeks. Very similar tales of Arise as we, you know, as you sorry we sort of step your way through that game, and as we both step our way through Deathloop, um, you know, you're about halfway through. You said taking out eight visionaries already. Like- yeah, yeah. So it's funny um, with the with the latest trailer that came out, which was the the how the dual sense was going to integrate with the game. I found that some of the uh, the applications of the DualSense controller has completely dictated the way I play this game. Mm. Weapon jamming is so frustrating and annoying, I now only ever use single shotguns because yeah. they don't jam. I have to reload them after every shot. <laughs> there is nothing worse than getting chased by like five dudes and you're just, gun- you're just like hammering into them and then your gun jams and you're like, okay, I guess I'm dead now. Mm. 
Uh, the only the and my only complaint is that I wish there was a standalone dodge button. Yeah, it's so the way sprint. The way dodging works is it's L three, which is your sprint button. So when you're walking forward and you hit L three, you sprint forward. But if you're if you go left, right, or backwards, it does a quick dodge. And sometimes that input is very hard to do and isn't. Um... Yeah, because if, if you've got the if you got the thumbstick cranked <gasps> to the left or the right, like it's it's kind of a because it's a push yeah. down button. But you've got like yeah, crank... I super I super wish there was just a button that I could use to dash mm. essentially. But that's that's me. That's that's my own my own thing. I am getting over it. I am at the start of each level when I when I first play the game, I'll stand at the very start and dash from side to side and be like, okay, this is this is how I'm yeah, getting it. Like, this is this is the strafe. Like... I could get that strafe. <laughs> like train my thumb back into yeah. back into doing it but um other than that i'm i'm finding the game absolutely exceptional the gunplay is awesome you made the bold claim to me today over chicken and waffles you were like this may this be is, my game of the this year. is very quickly becoming my game of the year. uh in gameplay in story delivery it's just it's i personally think that this is fantastically delivered mm. Um, you're getting very short story beats every single time you do a level. Every time you do a level, you feel like you're accomplishing something, even if it's just, hey, I now know where this guy's going to be. He's not here now, but I now know where he's going to be. You're getting something out of each run, yeah. and it's not so punishing when you die that it's disheartening to lose everything. Spot on. Well, we'll have more to say over the coming weeks for Deathloop as Max spends more time with it, as I spend more time with it. And once again, thank you to Bethesda Australia for providing us the review code. Uh, Max, before we jump into the main meat and potatoes of the show, we'll do a section we call our Get Less Fat Update. So for those who don't know, over uh, this pandemic, I have lost over 35 kilos using a product called The Man Shake. It is a meal replacement shake that I am an ambassador for. And uh, Max has also joined on the journey as well, losing the better part of 15 kilos uh this year alone uh so together we have this section of the show where we sort of keep ourselves honest keep ourselves uh, uh accountable for our weight loss journeys now max how is your week i may i may have put day? on everything that i lost this week and lunch yeah it's very possible <laughs> we went a little crazy uh, the week's been all right um back on the shakes doing all that fun stuff you managed to as you alluded to last week the uh man shake challenge is coming up uh, so I've been, uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to uh, be accepted into that. So I'm, I'm getting myself ready. I'm actually, uh, I'm going to weigh myself at the start and I'm not going to weigh myself again until the end of that month. Oof. And I want to see how much I can do just in that month. Nice. So yeah. yeah, so I'm in a similar space. My week has been a standard week, nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, we did have a big cheat meal this after this 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 afternoon for lunch <laughs> about midday. So I've not eaten anything else today, knowing full well that I was going to have a big lunch. And so in order to keep my my calorie uh, intake at a particular bracket, um, so that's that's not too yeah. bad. But uh, yes, as you mentioned, the man the man challenge is coming up. Uh, so if you spend uh, over ninety nine, I think I believe it is dollars on the Manshake store. Uh, you get a you get a code uh, to it. So if you essentially just buy a month supply worth, which you probably would anyway, you get yourself a free entry into the challenge. Uh, it, is, it is a thirty day uh, it's essentially meal plan and a fitness plan app 
thing where you for 10 minutes a day every day you do a small workout uh, there are supplementary workouts if you like so if you do the 10 minute one and you want to focus on arms or core or whatever you can throw a couple of extra ones in there they're all designed to be done at home with no equipment in the easiest way possible so it's kind of perfect right now in the pandemic that we have last year i was i was unable to uh, to take place in the challenge as i blew out my shoulder during it that's when i got attacked by a bird and i hip and shouldered some concrete um and blew apart my that's, shoulder that's that story is never gonna not be funny no it's still funny <laughs> um yeah where i blew apart my shoulder and like the joint was all jacked up so i couldn't do anything um that really put a spanner in the works but yeah it's a great thing to do it and it's all about like you know keeping accountable keeping your like what you have what you eat for the day or um additionally like you know what your steps are and stuff like that and yeah it's it's a great little thing so i'll be i'm very keen to give it a go this way and having it doing with yourself as well i think might add a little bit of bit of bit of fun to this little challenge mm. be like well i hit all my targets this week did you I'm like yeah and i did extra did you really no not really <laughs> but anyway if you want to support us on our weight loss journey or maybe even start your own there is a link in the description below it is bitly bit.ly slash ftp manshake i couldn't make it the popcultures.com slash manshake but a i don't know how to do that hey joel can you help me out um and i don't know how to track it that way either so there's <laughs> that way so you click at that link it'll take you to the manshake page you don't even have to buy anything just by clicking the link you show the support for us support for the show and if you are inclined to grab something on there you can no pressure all right let's get into the section call inform the players we tell you about what happened this week in playstation now it was a bit of a quiet week uh comparatively with last week being the big uh big showcase uh, mm-hmm. other than that it's not much like there was some more info about like god of war and stuff dropped which you've uh you've not put in the show a bit more inf- clarification around the change to eric williams uh yeah. you know why they're ending the uh the nord age the idea being that this series has been going on for like 15 years now like, there's only so much we can tell so we're kind of trying to wrap it up um so that's an interesting decision mm. but uh, that's not where we're kicking things off today because no we're kicking things off today happened. With the storage wars, Ryan. <laughs> yes, you had, you had fun with that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So, the latest firmware update for the PlayStation 5 dropped earlier this week. And because of it, the storage wars is finally over. The M2 drive has been unlocked. Along with the ability to expand the memory of the PlayStation 5, however, a few other uh, a few other tidbits also dropped with this update. So, the PS5's UX enhancements, control center customization, enhanced game base updates, and updates to the home and library screen. It is now easier than ever to work out if you're playing a PlayStation 4 title or a PlayStation 5 title. It's a big win. Uh, they, also updated, they also updated the trophy tracking system, and it, they now are correctly listed vertically not horizontally that's great trophies are fantastic so it's a big old list there's the picture there's the name of it the rarity a description of what it is it's kind of fantastic so like yeah for those that are really hardcore trophy collectors which is not you or i but like mm-hmm. friends of the show who really love that shit like they this is good news for them for me it just makes my life easier because if i just want to read it and be like oh cool i don't there's no piss farting around it just works now be able to track them is even better again it mm. really allows you to focus on if you, like if you're trying to clear that get that platinum run there's a couple little ones you need left over and rather than ducking in and out to check it you can keep an eye on it right then and there it's fantastic. and then lastly they also added the 3d audio for your tv or monitor it's yeah no longer just for headphones which is dope 
And for those mm. that, you know, I, I don't. I said I've, I've been using my Steel Series uh, Arctis 7 Puis. You know, they're designed for the PlayStation, so they, they work out well. I'm really enjoying them, by the way. Really good headphones. Um, but yeah, I don't play through my TV all that often. Uh, I don't know about you. No, I never, ever play without headphones on. Yeah. Ever. Well, ever. No, I don't. If mm. I'm not. Headphones on always. Well, yeah, and because you're in group chats most of the time anyway. Yeah. That's right. But look, so other than that, it's, it's, it, it is very simple. You, you, simple. You can, like, yes, the, the, the control center can be, can be customized. And this is the thing, Max. When we first got the PS5, I remember bitching about that control center. I'd be like, I won't be able to change it. Now that I can, I go, I don't think I'll change Pretty it. Pretty fine. Yeah, I don't I'm think like, I I've, I've, I've adapted enough. I don't think I'll change it. If anything, How to retrain that muscle memory now, I'm probably not going to change it. Mm. I suck it in, man. I got Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> like I secretly love this. Uh, next up, we have some more Fire Sprite news. So, uh, hot off their recent acquisition, Fire Sprite Games, the English studio, has been advertising open positions on two different projects. A, quote, game-changing huge multiplayer shooter and an, quote, ambitious dark narrative blockbuster adventure. In a LinkedIn post made on Thursday, the developer advertised development uh, a development director position to help with, quote, all aspects of planning and delivery on a dark narrative adventure with genre-defining goals. The team has also been sharing open positions on the website for a while now, but this is the first time it has mentioned the project since the Sony buyout. The post even mentions being, quote, a PlayStation studio. Uh, Fire Sprite Games is also hiring for its coding, animation, art, narrative, production, and game design departments, and Fire Sprite is already Sony's biggest UK first-party studio. So something we talked about last week with these guys, they have more than, what was it, um, Media Molecule and someone else combined, like just yeah. jacked full of people right there, which is great. Now, I think they've got about 400 staff total already, and they're hiring more for more roles. What's nuts is a, a game-changing, which is an expression that I can't fucking stand, personally, because it's the most cliche bullshit ever, but the point, the important part here is huge multiplayer shooter. What PlayStation have been missing? It's the one thing that they need. They need a shooter and they also need a multiplayer shooter. So now that Fire Sprite is a first party, is this their answer, Max? Is this the first, multi, the, the, sorry, the, the, the first next generation or in recent history multiplayer first person first person first party play, uh, studio fucking shooting game um probably possibly i mean they're, they're obviously hiring for it so it makes sense i don't know if i agree with you in the they need it i don't know if sony need a first person shooter game or a multiplayer shooter uh, they've obviously there's a lot of third parties that do that uh, a lot of them work with Sony a lot of them have deals with Sony do we really need I don't I don't know if Sony need that per se it's a very I would imagine that now it is a very difficult market to get into there you know generally you're either playing Call of Duty or you're playing Battlefield uh, not a lot of I, I don't know if well, they're going to be able to unless it's crazy uh, unless it's crazy good I don't know if they're going to break ground into you know swaying people to go that way I would agree with you in a number of ways there I do think that you are spot on like in terms of that 
that market that market is very uh is very locked locked in right people go with where they mm. want to go whether it be call of duty battle or battlefield less commonly now but certainly heading into uh whatever the next one is 2042 yeah uh, yep. And then, of course, there's like your likes of your Apex, and you know, even Call of Duty with Warzone as well. Like they're they're touching base in a couple of different ways in other sort of not just shooters, but also multiplayer battle royale esque shooters, which are all the rage. Um, since, but, but however, I you know, Sony needs it right in the same way that like uh, Xbox really need some of PlayStation's incredibly narrative driven games the same thing here like they have they have the halo playstation have always always missed the mark in terms of a first person shooter they have had the likes of socom uh socom back in the day uh resistance kill zone but like in recent history they haven't really had that right and then they can certainly make something new that can fit that space because as shane in the chat suggests I think Splitgate proves that there's room for new shooters to find success in this crowded market. And he's spot on because Splitgate have come in and shown that people are hungry for something new, but they need they need something new to be new. I mean that in terms of, hey, here is a game. It's a Call of Duty clone. It is. So why don't us play Call of Duty? But, you know, like that's kind of the, that's the hurdle people have had hey, so yeah. far. Where if you can create a new first person if you if you can create a new multiplayer shooter that hit beats that others don't like the idea of essentially combining halo and portal like that is a like their, their influences are very clear not a bad thing you know we are the sum of our influences and what we create is reflective of those influences but it's a circumstance of you know by bringing that in you can build something cool like you can throw it all together have a new creation and that's that's the thing yeah or in this case we're going to have to rely on them bringing uh ip out of the dead whether in this case is resistance or kill zone or socom or mag as paul james says in the chat as well and i think like that's the thing so right now one of the other big ones is siege right siege kind of doesn't have a competitor in a number of ways where uh last i heard there was the rumor mill of gorilla working on a socom game in the vein of rainbow six siege uh so much so i think one of the writers one of the heads of siege has jumped over to gorilla so that he may be getting involved in that space obviously with Killzone being a property over there that was the rumor mill but then socom was on the, also in that space as well who knows I presume Fly Sprite working on something new, something different, because if they've just come on board, I don't like they would be be, be in very early pre-production. So I don't think they'd be hiring right now. You know, mm. like, they're, they're, like there's not, they're, they're not going to be like, all right, so, Sony's like you're making so come start hiring people. It's like, oh, okay, uh, you know what I mean? I don't see that happening. So presumably there's something in the works and it's possibly why they were picked up. Yeah. Because an ambitious dark narrative blockbuster adventure game doesn't sound out of the path of what PlayStation already do. But that multiplayer shooter is. Because if you look at Fire Sprite, aside from the handful of things that they have done, there's really nothing that they are offering like the persistence was a vr game so maybe something vr related the other being the you know playroom yeah cool so they're cool experiences that do involve um that do involve playstation ip or, or vr or whatever but it's not like a big to me those things aren't selling points right yeah 
sorry look it is a, it is a st- it is a step in the in the right direction i think and it is solely what they need now i want to preface this bit of news max this next i case. was gonna i was going to yeah go you you can do it i was oh. going i think i know i think i know where you're going with it yeah so um, i was i, was, I, I want to preface this news so uh shit like a year and a half ago maybe even two years ago uh our, our friends over at the explosion network and their pleasure podcast platinum Expo- explosion they what i believe broke a story and no one's picked up on it and no one's really paid attention to it it is kind of happening in this weird quiet space right and that is that there is a team in adelaide hired by playstation specifically and sony as well and they are building what is what is believed to be some sort of like a server farm right the explanation at the time was playstation now they they need to create a local server base in order to reflect that saying that though there's more news that broke this week, sort of adding to that information. Now, I just wanted to make sure to give the credit where the credit was due, that, you know, that the, the Dylan and the team over there are the ones that broke that news, and I think it's cool. Or at least yeah. broke the speculative news. You, you beat sure me to the right. punch. It was, it was exactly how I was going to start this. Uh, so... Uh, as the as as the as Dylan reported over on uh, the Explosion Network earlier this week, PSU reported that the New Zealand PlayStation website had a dedicated PlayStation Now page. True Trophies corroborated this with an image of the advertisement spotted for PlayStation Now on the New Zealand store page. However, the page for PlayStation Now was reportedly live for a moment. However, the link now will take you to a 404 error page. PlayStation has also posted job listings for a business operation coordinator in Adelaide about a month ago. The listing stated that the opportunity is for Sony Interactive Entertainment Australia Future Technology Group. Another job listing was posted just a week ago for a full-time senior system engineer at PlayStation Adelaide. There's also a position for a service reliability engineer posted around three weeks ago, along with a staff software engineer position posted last week. And like this is the thing. So PlayStation Now is cool. And like if you go onto your if you go onto the PlayStation Store right now and you search for something that isn't readily available, it will appear and it will say in the little PS Now bumper and it'll be zero dollars, right? So there are games that are appearing on the Australian PlayStation Store under the PS Now banner. You can't do anything with it, you can't click on it, you can't interact with it, nothing fucking happens. And the problem that Australia has been facing is our internet infrastructure is garbage. Um for many people, the idea of streaming movies or whatever is near on impossible. So then to add games to it, I can understand why there is a reluctance to roll it out here yet currently. But like there are always, as you said, like in, in, there's a little hints that it would come. Now, Max, you and I are in an incredible, incredibly privileged position where we have fantastic internet. Mm. Would you jump on the PS now? maybe so i don't understand why they don't follow the they don't follow the games pass route of allowing you to download them and play them some can not all of them but some can yeah now my understanding is with this most recent playstation update they also updated the back end of playstation now and you can now stream in 1080p instead of 720p cool that's good for, i that's don't good for the us I, even even with the internet i have at home i don't think i would want to stream a game uh as someone who gets very frustrated with the slightest bit of input lag 
streaming a game would drive me insane. Mm. I think. Yeah, I, I... It, it just it just irked me, and I don't think it would matter how good the game is or how I would, in the back of my mind, I would have this bias of it's lagging, isn't it? My my net's not fast enough to stream this properly. Why can't I just? And yeah, that that's just me. And and I know I and I know it's my own personal bias, and it probably isn't. It probably wouldn't happen. It probably loads perfectly fine, but in the back of my mind, I'd be like, "Hey, man, you're streaming this. It's not running the way it's supposed to be run." Yeah. So yeah, like with with no expected like arrival of this, it's just like this is very speculative uh, no. because there's 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 just enough things that are lining up, but it could just be the idea of lo- uh, that someone's just supporting localized st- uh, localized. Maybe we finally uh, won't have to use the EU store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe this is maybe it's something as simple as localized uh, PlayStation Store data, right? In the same way that Netflix has numerous servers around the country, so you know you're, not everyone's trying to ping the same server. Maybe it's that. Maybe there's assisting that infrastructure. Because it would also be a little bit fucking shitty if the only PS Now server, quote unquote, was in Adelaide. Like that's not good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like, if everyone's pinging that one thing, if lag is already an issue, unless they're you, unless they're because I remember the the PlayStation were also having uh, work with um, Azure. The, the isn't isn't that a cloud based sort of setup? Microsoft Azure. Azure, mm-hmm. Azure? I don't know what the fuck it's called. So maybe, because I, I don't think that's entirely rolled out here either. So like maybe there's this weird middle ground. Look, I'm talking out of my ass right now. But, you know, like maybe there's this weird middle ground of like they're just waiting for certain things to come in place before they can they get into it or they do anything. I think my laptop's binging. Shut up, laptop. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Does, does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, like... I don't know. I don't think there's quite enough uh, information at the moment. Wait and see. Oh, oh, Benny, Benny 8-Bit in the chat has confirmed me that Azure is rolled out here. <laughs> so then I'm I'm wrong. I don't have an answer then. I is was it, just fucking spitballing. Is it, is I was it good shit- though? I don't know. Does uh, that work well? I have no idea. But Benny has said they have used the xCloud streaming service on his phone and it worked really, really good. Which is good because I imagine most phones right now are actually better equipped for the internet than most people's houses. Yeah, I mean, f- now with 5G, it's incredible. Yeah. Also, hey, Rock Mummy, good to see you. Uh, yeah, so Paul also clarified that you can install the PS4 games to your console, uh, but you cannot download the PS3 games because of the cell architecture that the process yeah. So. <clears throat> My understanding is wherever PS Now servers are, there is literally just a fucking stockpile of PS3s that are running they, games. They're, they're kind of emulating the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, literally that. Anyway, so on that, I suppose. Speaking of, I suppose, uh, THQ Nordic's 10th, 10th anniversary <laughs> showcase happened overnight uh, and to show off what some of the upcoming games were. And these were the games that they showed. They showed Destroy All, All Humans 2 Reprobe, so a re- uh, remaster of Destroy All Humans 2. Outcast 2, Jagged Alliance 3, Expeditions Rome, MX vs. ATV Legends, Super Power 3, Elix 2, and the brand new SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Shake. 
And not all of those are coming to PlayStation. I think the vast majority are. Some of them are PC only, I believe. Yeah, it checks out. And some of them are super old. <laughs> some of them are really old um, IPs that are uh, that are getting a, a mm. brand new look in. Any of these? N- I, none of these two. I don't think I've played any of these. Uh, obviously, a lot of these are sequels. I don't think I've played any of the any of them. No, look, I, I hadn't played the the first Destroyer Humans. I did not play the remake uh, either. Uh, just didn't tickle my interest, and I don't think the second one will. Uh, I did play the remake uh, of the sorry SpongeBob SquarePants Rehydrated. Uh, my son loved the shit out of it, so I'll very likely have to play SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Shake uh, because he I'm, says like he doesn't want to play it anyway. <laughs> no, like, I got I got pretty burnt out from that because he wanted to play it and only wanted to play one area, and I was like, if I have to hear this noise in a, ever again i'm gonna strangle myself um but yeah so I, I, it's different it's new. the game looked like the rehydrated like the battle for bikini bottom looked really really good um and i hope that i think it'll look even better again here um with this being a you know, complete brand newy but um look honest answer is pfft. like as i yeah. said like it's just THQ- i mean that's the, that's the problem when you have like over a hundred and something different ips you've got so much choice you're like where do i where do i go yeah and additionally as well like this is not a fault of this i think this is where coach media the embracer group the thq nordic they 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 encapsulate this that double a bracket right so in terms mm. of your games your independence your double a's and your triple a's your big fuck off games right they are they swim they live within the double a space and if you're someone that isn't interested in those double a games um they even though they have 90 something studios and they have x amount of games read you know in progress if they don't interest you they don't interest you yeah because i think most people either love the big shit or the little shit well well, i say that only because trends have gone that way as Mm. the middle as the middle started falling away people were forced to either one or the other i i I, as that middle space fills up i think that'll be good and it will allow for for for, uh expectations to alter and to recorrect and then when the people will realize that not every game will be a triple a blockbuster but you know some games may be in the middle and allow for that more creativity and because you know we remember when we were growing up i think we spend more time playing those double a shithole games than we ever did the big ones definitely and it'd be cool to have that back again saying full well that i'm like none of these none of these excite me (laughs) but if i see more about them as time comes i may change my tone yeah and all right back in the year is getting pretty quiet all of a sudden so if if these are coming out soon what doesn't excite me are the delays that were announced this week dying light 2 stay human set to release on the 7th of december this year techland have delayed the title to the 4th of february 2022 because february isn't already busy enough february is fucked citing the need for more time to optimize and polish the game the main point of the statement issued on Twitter reads, quote, the team is steadily progressing with the production and production and the game is nearing the finish line. The game is complete and we are currently playtesting it. It is by far the biggest and most ambitious project we've ever done. Unfortunately, we've realized for us to bring the game up to the level we envision, we need more time to polish and to optimize it. This title this is the title's second delay after it was indefinitely delayed back in January of twenty twenty. I'm fine with the delay. Yeah. 
I'm not okay with it being in February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fe- it's a weird space. My, fe- my February is so stacked right now yeah. that, yeah, it's rough. Look, I imagine this is got this is going to have to be some some sort of unforeseen reason, and I re- and the reason I say that is so, I heard very early this year, maybe back end of last year, about it wanting to come out in December of this year. That's what I heard from a place. I'm not going to say where, but that's what I heard. I I heard that like they were aiming to hit December, and then sure enough, when they dropped that December date X amount of months ago, uh, whatever it was, I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So that checks out. Everything lines up. So the only reason that they would adjust the date is if they really had to. Yeah. And my fear is when you're rolling off the back of a game that's delayed indefinitely, which is a much scarier <laughs> thing, but I guess that yeah. when we're when that was announced during the early days of this pandemic and like they clearly had no idea how they were going to to work and op- work operate and survive under this current set up so they was like well this is played safe and just take as long as it needs yeah maybe they need a little bit longer maybe something something just picked up that's all right you're still excited for it february, I'm still stoked for february it. is all kinds of fucked we do not have enough time uh the second title that was delayed this week is battlefield 2042 set to release october 22nd the team have released a statement stating that they want to give their team extra time to get the title out due to the difficulties of working from home the new release date is november 19th so it's only been pushed a month however that is two weeks after call of duty vanguard releases and two weeks prior to halo infinite's launch right in the middle right in the middle which is cool of essentially their two biggest competitors well with much better to that time they're all <laughs> crammed in that one week was call of yeah. duty battlefield and uh, titanfall yep so that's that's a that's a win for me, man. Like two weeks that like two weeks that two weeks that two weeks that. Most people are probably pretty okay with that. I don't see that hindering the game at all. Um, no, it would have been nice for it to come out earlier to have a bit of a head head head. Uh, yeah, well, it, it originally it originally had a two week lead on on Call of Duty. The original launch date was the twenty second of October, so it would have it would have come out just shy of two weeks prior. And now they're coming two weeks after. Yeah, I don't. I I think there is a different buzz going right now for call uh, for for Battlefield. I should say that I yep. think is surpassing Call of Duty, or at least anecdotally. Um, you know, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing. Uh, Shane in the chat does bring up a good point. Full price is that game's biggest challenge, and that is true. As this, as unlike Call of Duty, this does not have a campaign. There is no campaign in. Uh, black uh battlefield 2042 therefore you're essentially playing a full 125 dollars australian if you buy the ps5 version uh for just multi and i don't know i don't know what you think max but fuck off paying 125 bucks for a multiplayer game also where halo multiplayer is free adds benny yeah so battlefield is fighting a fight they yeah they've definitely they've picked their hill to die on i guess like obviously there yes there there's not a campaign that's again uh, my personal bias is i don't play shooter campaigns if i'm buying or playing a shooter it's because i'm playing multiplayer that doesn't really bother me too much uh and if i'm getting and i was it last week that i was saying that i the way i value my my time for money is basic is i weigh it up uh, similar to that of like going to the movies 
cost me 40 bucks to go to the movies for an hour and a half if i play call of duty uh, if i play battlefield for four hours or five hours i've essentially got my money's worth mm. and for these people a lot of these people are going to play way more than five hours of this game most so, of them play more than five hours in the first session yeah so i mean yes it is as now that the rrp is 125 dollars here in australia I would imagine people are still going to get their money's worth from this game, especially with all the, the um, what do they what do they refer to it as? Is it the Forge? I think that's Halo's thing, but their their game their game mode creator where you can create custom game modes and game lobbies. I'm assuming a lot of people will have a oh, lot the, of cool the Battlefield Battlefield Portal or something. Yeah, Portal. Mm. That's it. Thank you. That Forge stuck in my head after I saw Halo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so you know, people are going to make. I, I think I think people will still get their money's worth, and I think the people who are going to buy Battlefield are going to buy Battlefield anyway. It's the same thing of like if uh, Call of Duty jacks up their price, they they're still playing. I I believe they're still playing that slightly cheaper version of you can upgrade it for X amount of dollar redos. Um, I could be wrong, but um. Yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely getting more out of the the PlayStation Five version on Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is it's 128 player lobbies on PS Five, but it's only 64 on PlayStation Four. Yep. Or if you're playing in crossplay lobbies, so you're definitely getting extra. You're def- you I would imagine you will get your money's worth, but 125 dollars is a steep amount. And obviously, you and I are in a privileged situation where a lot of the times we do not have to do we do not have to make that choice, but. Uh, for the average consumer, $125 in the middle of a pandemic does suck. Fucking sucks. We're a privilege that it fucking sucks. All right. This is a big one. This is a, this this is uh, tinfoil hat speculative time. Uh, a bunch of leaks have come out of uh, NVIDIA. So in short, someone called Igor July found a way to open up the back end for GeForce's now database and took a sneaky look inside. So to, uh, NVIDIA have come out and they have clarified that the data itself is real. However, some of the information within it, there are no guarantee that these games actually exist. Some might be on there purely for testing purposes, while others might be codenamed or straight up cancelled. So what information do we have? Let's have a look. So these are the unannounced games that, are, that have apparently been spotted or referenced to in the back end of GeForce Now. A Chrono Cross remaster, a Final fi- uh, sorry, a Final Fantasy Tactics remaster, a Final Fantasy Nine remake. I know that I know Padge just got damp. Kingdom Hearts Four, Resident Evil Four remake, something that was previously rumored. Street Fighter Six, Dragon's Dogma Two, something already previously rumored. Monster Hunter Six. The Grand Theft Auto remasters, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, something is Bioshock 2022, so it doesn't specify whether that is a sequel or a remake. The Mirror's Edge remaster, an untitled Respawn game, Titanfall 3, Tekken 8, The Talos Principle 2, Crisis 4, the Batman Arkham Knight remaster, XCOM 3, Injustice 3, Gods Will Fall, Destroy All Humans 3, Sniper Elite 5, City Skylines 2, Fight for Middle Earth, so possibly a Shadow of Mordor sequel, 
Mortal Kombat 6, uh, 12. Uh, 12. X 10. Sorry, X is 10. X Thank 10. you. <laughs> my, my brain stopped for a second. What? Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 Remaster, something that was recently debunked by Activision, and the Sony-owned property Hell Divers 2. The database also mentions numerous Sony-published titles, potentially suggesting that more of PlayStation's first-party games are heading to PC at some point. These include God of War 2018, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, Returnal, Demon Souls, Ratchet & Clank Rift and Part, Sackboy at Big Adventure, and Ghost of Tsushima. NVIDIA has now responded to these, these leaks of announced games, suggesting that, that many are part of the list aren't real as they're, quote, used for internal tracking and testing, end quote. So courtesy of WCCF Tech, the company statement reads, NVIDIA is aware of an unauthorized published game list with both, with both released and or speculative titles used only for internal tracking and testing. Inclusion on this list is neither confirmation nor an announcement of any game. NVIDIA took immediate action to remove access to the list and no confidential game builds or personal information were exposed. Now, Max, this is kind of a dream list, right? It does seem too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot of those titles would make a lot of people excited to see come to fruition the likelihood is they've just put a bunch of arbitrary names on their list to test back-end server-side stuff someone's got their hands on it and it's been blown way out of proportion look if you put kingdom Ho kingdom Hearts, apparently kingdom Hearts uh four <laughs> uh and then the likes of you know final fantasy tactics remaster like you are just getting a bunch of weaves damp like you know what i'm saying yeah. like but, like, there are some things that I would question, one of them being Kingdom Hearts 4, because I, I do believe there is a team still doing something or they've been redistributed. They, they also have, like, a 10-year development cycle, and Kingdom Hearts 3 only came out a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, Kingdom Hearts 4 set in Boston confirmed. Uh, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck reprising their roles uh, <laughs> from Goodwill Hunting. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks... Final Fantasy IX remake would be dope, but they haven't even finished fucking seven remake yet, so calm your shit. Um, there, like, yeah, so there are some that are that have popped up that we've heard about, like Resident Evil Four remake stuff like that. Some of them are lining up with that Capcom leak from a, a six months mm. or so ago. So, like, they, they it does make sense they could be placeholders, but there, like, there's just so much, like, re just. See, this is the weird line, right? This is that weird middle point. When we've had leaks, normally they're like, none of this is real. And some of it might be real. However, NVIDIA has, has, has said that this is fucking real. Yeah, like the data is, is they said the data is real. So somewhere at some point, at some time, there has been a list for these games. No, potentially no builds, whatever. Yeah, I just want to, I just want to point out if I have a list that says this game is coming out, that list is real. The yes, but not. you, list you, is real. You're a random fucking dude on the internet. You ain't Nvidia. What I would like to know is what else was on that list that's not being shown. Yeah. Is it all just codename stuff? Is it stuff that is out and readily available? Just like they've obviously they've obviously cherry picked na uh, the titles of big things that would obviously 
make people click and want to know what it is and get people excited. But again, like NVIDIA did state that yes, this list is real. This backend does exist. All those titles exist on our list. It doesn't necessarily mean anything's going to come of that. Yeah, look, I, I have a feeling that mostly it's a bunch of dudes working on the back end being like, well, we need to make a list of games. Let's just fucking have fun with it. Yeah. And that's, look, that is the most likely answer. The most likely answer is why we had to create a, a I mean, most of list. these ga- most of the games on this list were more reliable than your bloody uh, draft pick this year. Shut your face. <laughs> Shut your face, but you are correct. But any, yeah, like I said, they're, they're technically their statement's true. The list exists, mm-hmm. but uh, these games don't. In my opinion, no, it's not happening. Yeah, it's not. No, I, I look at this and like, yeah, the cine- even, if they, even if they did, I don't think they're going to be on Nvidia's streaming service. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the cynic in me looks at this and go, ew, like I I don't <laughs> see this being legit. But like, part of me goes, but what if it is? but what if it is and i'm like that's true but what if it is because that's a lot there are so many big fucking hitters here that like ev- everyone should be collectively wiping their f- their front area with a towel because it's just so much big game stuff here but yeah as i said i think it's just someone throwing throwing shit at a wall having fun with it and like untitled you know titanfall 3 everyone's like ah, and like shit that shits themselves a little bit mirror mirrors edge remaster oh, i can just i can you know, i can get motion sickness in other play, in other ways you know but there's a lot here that's cool interesting is, is injustice 3 gods will fall like they've given it a full-blown name not just injustice 3 that's that's one that made me go mm. but it's still a whole bunch of bullshit uh, next up, we have some GT7 news. So, Gran Turismo 7. Um, it's releasing without ray tracing during gameplay. In an interview with Japanese publication Game Watch, series creator Kazunori Yamauchi confirmed that the fancy reflective technology will be reserved for replays or when you're observing your car in the garage. Quote, for the time being, you can choose ray tracing in the replay, he said, courtesy of Google Translate. And then you can see the stage demo and the picture with ray tracing applied in the garage. It's a bit of a shaky translation, so details may vary. Um, but yeah, interesting interesting choice. Uh, I've The article also mentions that the game needs to run at 60 frames per second. Ray tracing doesn't really take much of effect in such uh, at, at high speeds of of that of a racing simulation game but i can see them wanting to make sure that the game is at a solid 60 frames per second and if that means we turn ray tracing off then that's what it is it's a weird like look it's this weird middle ground right like we'll get there. Go. Just, just just before you get started shane in the chat puts in it's the same thing for forza horizon 5 ray tracing only in the forza vista mode kind of disappointing for both i do understand that from like a they're like oh you know right as a, the way the technology is right now then they cannot meet that like see but once again my limited understanding of actual development looks at this and go these games aren't that intense yes they're graphically demanding and you need them to run at a really good like they need to be optimized like motherfuckers right but it's not like if if there can be games like control which is shit rips off walls there is so much more dynamics to that game than a racing game i could be oversimplifying it Uh, i 100 percent oversimplifying it what is it over there what what is it that they can't replicate 
Now, don't get me wrong. Like the times you want the ray tracing is in those screenshots, is in those replays where the game looks exceptional. That that's what you want because when you're playing, you're just focusing on what's in front of you. But it is part I th- of I it, think, right? I think Buck puts it eloquently in the chat. Uh, why lag your gameplay down with ray tracing when you can do it during replay when you can masturbate to how good it looks? It's very true. It's very true. Like if I am going to pull my pull it for a car picture, I do want it to have ray tracing, so it does check out. <laughs> but yeah, look, is this a circumstance of in time this will fix it? Like, because you know, part big part of the selling point of what these consoles should be capable of doing is ray tracing and yes certainly there's a loophole here so many loops today um that they are delivering it just not as you expect like in the yeah. same way that spider-man or spoods you know and ratchet and clank they've been able to deliver 60 frames whatever whatever you know i afterwards like they've found ways to work around it they've found ways to make it fit do you think that down the line they will be able to release a patch or find ways to so. trick it I hope so. Yeah. And I would imagine so. Yeah. And do you, like, do you think that this is a, uh, as a result of a transitional window where these games, you know, as we now know with GT7 at least, it is currently releasing on PS4 and PS5. So is it likely that the back end code of these games are unable to support ray tracing effectively? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> with, with the fact that I have no idea how game development works. As, as far as I'm concerned, like, is it just, do I just push the button that says ray tracing and then everything looks pretty? I believe that is exactly how it works, man. I think that's yeah. exactly how it works. So, I mean... My understanding I mean, is they is go... They, is, the, it just, is it just like an if statement, if on PS4, turn ray tracing off, if, if like, PS5 present... Turn and it all presents in an Excel spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> so... Look, I don't know. I, I hope that they can get it working and I hope there is a patch down the line. Um, I think... From what we saw, the game is going to look incredible anyway. Yeah. And yeah, you're 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 right. You're so focused on the gameplay, especially in a in a in a a high speed car simulation game. You're probably more paying attention to what you're doing than what it looks like you're doing. You say and that, have it, and <laughs> but when I was playing Spider Man, I was like. Like with the sec- when I turned ray tracing off, I went, "Ooh, I can really tell the difference." Even though I'm focusing on the action and the gameplay rather than how it looks, so it is noticeable when it's not there after using it. Yeah, only after using it is it noticeable. Well, you're not wrong, but <laughs> like he's gonna be like, "Ah, oh, my replays just look so much better than the actual gameplay." Like I'm just. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. Quick bits, Max. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really upset that I keep giving you the quick bits. I know it sucks for you. God of War Ragnarok will also be a single shot from start to finish, just like its predecessor. So they'll trick you when you walk through like door lights and doors and stuff. That's how they get you. Uh, Little Big Planet PS3 and Vita servers have been shut down to combat hackers because some whiny prick was like, "I don't like how you've treated the game," you know. And then they've they've uh, essentially done the back end and they've done shitty. That's pretty much what, that's pretty much how it went down. So now everyone, no, no one gets to play. Splitgate Dev secures a hundred million dollars in funding to grow the game. Fucking hell! Uh, Tales of Arise is the fastest-selling Tales game ever. Hits one million copies in just under a week, and Ryan was grossed out. <laughs> uh, the top ten PlayStation, uh, top ten best-selling PlayStation Four games 
for the week ending the 12th of September, we have number 10, PlayStation Hits God of War. Number 9, Life is Strange True Colors. Number 8, Tales of Arise. Number 7, Sonic Colors. Number 6, Need for Speed Heat. Number 5, Marvel's Spider-Man. Number 4, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 3, Gran Turismo Sport. Number 2, Grand Theft Auto 5. And number 1, NBA 2K22. Look, it makes sense. NBA was the only thing that could possibly dethrone GTA 5. It's the only thing. And look Nothing at else who has done it. And look at the guy who has two thumbs and didn't put the this week's release games in the docker. Oh, it's you. <laughs> it's me. Put my thumbs at you. Uh, sorry. Well, while I, you pull well, that up, like, look, what I'm really hoping... My bad. Now, look, PlayStation Australia, I know that you're not listening to this. I know, right? Where's the drop? Where's the top 10 be- best-selling PS5 games, man? There's not enough PS5 games. Shut up, and Max. Look, it, if it's it, going to be the same 10 games each time. It pretty, and, it pretty much is right now. Take-Two are, are paying them to not do it because GTA can't be on that list. It is <laughs> they always... Refuse, they refuse to have a list where GTA is not on it. It's already the same games over and over again. Nothing is different. Nothing will change. Give us the top 10 best-selling PS5 games of the week, please. If not, can you please direct me into a place that I can get them? I will speak to the Australian... Uh, I'll, I'll, do I speak to game sales data? I can talk to them. That's generic. That's not an interesting, interesting company name. Uh, and, and Paul in the chat has confirmed that 2K2022 is shit. Uh, yeah, apparently it's a hot mess. Huzo, uh, the big old e- editor-in-chief at uh, Player 2, has been reviewing it and me giving it a lot of grief. It's been giving him a lot of grief, I think. Okay, upcoming titles for PlayStation consoles this week. We have World War Z Aftermath coming to PlayStation 4 September 21. Kina, Bridge of Spirits, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, September 21st. Oh, so close. So close. Uh, Teacup, PlayStation 4, September 23. Diablo 2 Resurrected, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, September 23. Death Stranding, Director's Cut. September 24th on the PlayStation 5. Damn! That's also coming out real quick too. Lost Judgment, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, September 24th. And that is all for this week. So, a couple of bangers. Yeah, a couple of big boys in there. Obviously, Kenner. Kenner's keen. I'm so keen for Kenner. I've been been super stoked on that game ever ever since we saw it like a year ago at the original PlayStation 5 showcase. That game looked absolutely stunning. It looks dope. Yeah. And so, there seems to be a lot of love in the chat right now. Shane's excited for it. Rock Mummy's excited for it. It looks dope. It looks great. I know there are codes out in the wild for Kenner, but it's very select people that have been playing it. We're in it. Cool. Oh, I'm just going to buy it anyway. I'm going to play it. It looks dope. Yep. So we're gonna uh, anyway. You know, Death Stranding director's cuts coming out next week as well you and i are both keen to replay that i'm so excited to replay that game it looks as if it might have an automatic trophy pop as well so did you did you platinum it no (laughs) no um yeah so there's that i'm keen we're keen to check that out of course uh, what was the other things you listed? Like the other two that I kind of noticed. I've already else? closed it off. Fuck. Was there anything oh. else got you excited? Uh, no, I no. don't think so. No, my tech I, 
I I picked My, up. I, I've, I've already forgotten what I. Oh, Diablo, Diablo two. Oh yeah. So look, you know, my my wife, you know, we we we, we, we as we did X amount of weeks ago under the whole Activision debacle, we talked about how we obviously disagree with their practices as a company in regards to those those allegations. However, we honestly said we don't know whether we can reflect the statement of we'll never buy an Activision game again. That's that's very difficult. Like, it's that weird line of like, we understand that they're shitty people. Sorry, Blizzard game, sorry. Like, they're shitty and we understand that. Like, and we, like, I can't make that. I We said at the time, we can't make that. That's a big fucking statement and I don't think we can honor it. Because in the world that we live in right now, it is incredibly difficult to live an entirely moral life when it comes to your purchases. And my wife, it's her birthday and she just fucking loves Diablo. It's like her shit. My wife doesn't love many games, but Diablo 2, she always... If ever we reflect on games, she goes, man, how good was Diablo 2? Like, and you were like, I don't know, I never played I it. I never played it. <laughs> so I had to buy it for her for her birthday. Her birthday was a couple of days ago. So she gets a week later. But like, right now, if she gets in her brand new Udi, she sits on the bed and she plays Diablo 2, she's living the dream. And I'm, not, I'm not taking that away from her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it is that weird line. Like, yes, I still, like, we still greatly, greatly hate the shit that went down there. And we don't condone in any stretch of the word. However, we also, we, we did also just like we said at the time, like it's, we can't make that claim about never playing an Activision or, or, or I don't play a lot of Blizzard games anyway. But, for me, Diablo 2 was an exception to the rule. I'm not going to play Overwatch mm. 2. I'm not going to play any of that stuff. But Diablo 2 is an exception. Mostly for my wife. That's it. You playing it, Max? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Diablo 2, Diablo 2 was one of my favorite games of all time when it originally came out. Um, it is a hard purchase. And as... Um, Paul James puts in the chat, this is uh, Vicarious Visions game. They only just recently got pulled into that gigantic mess of a mm. group. So, um, yeah. It's a tough one, but it's the... Cool and, one. you know, it's it's that, that whole argument of, like, you know, uh, I think we had this this discussion with about Hogwarts Legacy. Like, it's not the developer's fault that the creator is a piece of garbage mm. like by by not purchasing it you're hurting the developers more than what you're hurting once creator. again it's incredibly difficult to live that live that am, like ambiguous like sorry a morally yeah correct you know and like, whatever you know, like, I, the same like, like the, an example being the amount of people that preach about like how you know this is bad and this is bad all from their iphone a, a literal device that's made on made with neuron slave labor same goes to the playstation right it's made in china where people are treated fucking really shitty right like unless you live in the forest and you do everything yourself and you don't do this you don't do that it's near on impossible you know what i mean yeah it's, it's a tough line to live and you just gotta you just gotta pick the battles where you can. Like you just like if there are certain things that you believe in, and if you can make them just, do it. Like if the idea is I want to support local 
uh, local farms, right? Then you go to you go and buy local locally sourced vegetables, right? You don't go to Coles and buy the frozen stuff. You buy it there, like that is the that like you pick and choose the battles that you can. Same goes for that, you know. If that makes sense. Either way, thank you very much for joining us all on uh, for, for this episode of For the Players, the Pop C PlayStation podcast. As I say each and every week, the bi- the biggest thing, the most important thing you can share with someone is that is your time. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with us as we bullshit about uh, morality, I guess, and PlayStation and just shit that we love. This is, we've been doing this for, for literally 220 episodes while I have Max have been doing it for most of it. And each and every week, I still love coming in here and doing this show. Uh, so thank you for allowing me to do something that I love. And uh, Max, send us home. Well, everyone, <clears throat> this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, come and check out our socials. Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as the conversation happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you are on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support us financially, you can at PlayStation uh, nope at popcultures.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it but until next week I'm Ryan Betson I'm Max Cooper and that was for the players uh, there's there's cross progression for Diablo 2 not cross play uh, well there you go for those in the chat I think it was uh, Benny and Padge alright now we end the show there is now we end the show yeah <laughs>